Hello, I'm Nicola. And I'm Amy. And this is the Imperfect PT Podcast. The pod to remind you that when it comes to your health, fitness and nutrition, there is no such thing as perfect. We want to reassure you that any step towards a healthier version of you is better than no step at all and share our own experiences of how we also, quite often, are proudly imperfect. Let's celebrate progress over perfectionism. Yeah, I saw this meme the other day on Instagram, which was really funny and it's so relatable and true. So it said something like, what's the age where it... uh, suddenly you just assess your readiness to leave the house by an acceptable level of ugliness. Like, honestly, awesome. the standards of which you leave the house now, it's like so yeah. bare minimum. Yeah. Have it's... I brushed my hair? No. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I mean, I had a shower, but maybe two days ago. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes it's, I'm a week in between. <laughs> you are, no. Oh, no, no. I mean, there's other stuff that gets done. In the meantime, it might be a quick, you know, swill in the bath, whatever. I- I'm actually genuinely horrified, mate. That you so know. am I, because it was only a few years ago that I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare go on the school run if I hadn't showered, styled my hair. You know, I was in full, you know, proper clothes. Now it's gym gear all the way. Oh, 100 percent. I think when you're in our line of work, though, I think. You know you're going to get sweaty. You know you need yeah. to be active again. And there's just no opportunity to shower in between that. And it's the washing the hair. Very much. I mean, it's such a faff. But that is exactly what's happened today. We we trained earlier today. We did. And of course, of the two of us, who was the sweaty mess at the end? Oh, yes, that was me. Uh, and you said, uh, I'm, I'm going to turn up later to pod record and you won't have showered, will you? And I was like, nah. No. There's absolutely you're, no chance. You're not stinky though, pal. Oh, you sure? I've never smelled <laughs> you. You're sitting I, down wind I, me right now. No, honestly, I've never smelled you. I've noticed the last well, six months or so, I'm getting genuinely stinkier, but I've never, ever, ever smelled you. Some people I do smell. Yeah, well, but... I mean, that makes me feel slightly better, but mm. it's, it is shocking, the, 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 yeah, the drop in standards. But then, you know... This is all part of who we are, mate. This is wonderfully imperfect. Proudly imperfect. <laughs> Proudly stinky. In <laughs> fact, stinky. it's quite a lot that I will go in for a hug with someone. And like, that's oh, the thing. Yeah. I'm quite bad with hugs because I like a hug. I do like a cuddle. I'm single. Like, I need a cuddle. Um, <laughs> so I go in for a cuddle and I will prerequisite the cuddle already when I'm halfway in yeah, going, yeah, yeah. I really smell. So I don't, I'm actually not giving the other person oh, any opportunity to pull away. I oh, see the number of times where you've been in that, you've, you've met a gym, uh, you've met a friend that you haven't seen for a while and you've just left the gym or whatever and they've gone in for that hug and you're like oh my god I'm dripping please please. don't do that and you can see they physically recoil yeah because oh it's grim it is grim it's it does mean the quite epic glow up though when you do actually wash and put proper clothes on oh yeah 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 and you see people see you out or in town and they're like double take yeah oh I mean I've had that a lot at sort of like Christmas do's or something like that it actually was the lift off Christmas party yeah where no one ever recognises you, though. No one. No one. Even the people I saw there every single day, it took, like, several attempts. Yeah. Is that you, Nikki? Like, you do, am I that rancid? No, normally? no, not at all. You're one of those people, you look very different yeah. with your hair down and I your hair that. up. Yeah, very different. Very different. So, no, it, it's better that way. Yeah, that's Surely. true. It has an impact. More yeah, exactly. Impact than oh, it's just you again. Yeah. Anyway. I just sent my sent my invites out for my Christmas party. Oh, oh. I can't believe you, you used the C word. I know, but it's mid-September, mate. Yeah, I know, I know. And you can tell, because today... It is very autumnal. Oh, it's disgusting. It's just kicked in, isn't it? It's adding to the level of ugliness as well with the rain and the wind. Oh, yeah. So, oh, like, my hair. You're not Frizz mania today. 100%. 100%. Anyway, on that rather <laughs> imperfect start. <laughs> on that very imperfect start about levels of ugliness we, we're acceptable leaving the house at. Welcome back to the Imperfect PT podcast. And we're both really excited to record this episode today. So it's taking a little bit more of a mindset turn. Um... So we've talked the last few episodes around fitness, around training, around nutrition. We did our mindset episode about that being the missing piece of the puzzle. But now we're going to get in a little bit more in depth around the importance of support when you take on any kind of lifestyle change, but also um, sabotage. And when we say sabotage, we don't mean calories being the little things that sew your knickers tighter in the middle of the night, which is something my mum has on her wall, which just made me, reminded me of that, I know. But like, so sabotage. So the different things that while you're on your journey can derail you and how the more aware you are of these, 
before and during, the more you can mitigate the effects. Yeah, I mean, it, I've got to say, of all the topics that we've come up with so far, this one it probably got us the most fired up. Mm. And I think because we have both been victims and perpetrators mm. of sabotage in many ways, in from you know diet um, and fitness, um, and it's all the all the things that you talk about being your own worst enemy. Certainly, when it comes to self sabotage, you think, well, look. Why is it I just keep getting in my own way? I know mm. what I want to achieve. I know how to do it. But I just keep mucking it up for myself. Yeah. Or you're on the receiving end of other people um, who are perhaps being less than helpful in their support of you and your endeavours. Yes, yes. And so it is a juicy, juicy topic. It's really juicy. And it's it's really important to mention because... Making any kind of lifestyle change, health or fitness, nutrition is never, ever, ever going to be easy. So the more more speed bumps you can anticipate and navigate mm. and the more sticky situations you understand and are aware of, the better your chance of success. And we want to talk about sabotage first and those common pitfalls and then we'll come on and it will lead on naturally to why having the right support network is important. Um, But we're going to start first with talking about self-sabotage. And I think most people are guilty of this in some way of self-sabotaging themselves in some way whether it is with health fitness nutrition whether it's professionally whether it's personally whether it's in relationships you know we all sell are guilty of self-sabotage yeah. in some way or yeah, another absolutely. It, um, is, it is incredibly multifaceted it can impact various parts of your life um but the idea of self-sabotage is that it's um it occurs when you hinder your own success through either intentional actions or inaction Yes, I love that. She said that earlier and it was like she pulled it out of a dictionary. Write it like, down before I forgot. I was like, did you just say that yourself? She was like, yeah. I was like, that was brilliant. I'm proud of myself. Um, so yeah, and I think it's really important to re- reference there the intentional action or the intentional inaction. inaction. So yeah, not definitely. taking action as well is still a decision. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really important to mention. Um, and whether you use excuses for that or not, there might actually be valid reasons, not excuses, but there is also an element of choice. So, you know, self-sabotage can include... Well, mate, the main thing we you tend to really see is... We'll talk about a few different things, but the main one is mainly some form of, say, procrastination. Um, so procrastination... In terms of self-preservation, so not starting any kind of journey because you're worried or you're scared. A lot of it is fear, fear of success, fear of failure. Pain avoidance generally, isn't it? It's not putting yourself in a place where you feel uncomfortable, where you feel like um, you're going to be incompetent or Mm. inferior to someone else. Yeah, Um, keeping yourself in that low-level suffering. And... You know, procrastination, I, when I when someone says procrastination, I tend to think about with work. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a wonderful procrastinator, but I'm also very aware of my time boundaries and yeah. my time constraints. So I do agree that a healthy amount of stress is good. And a lot of people, you know, pr- perform the best under slightly stressful situations. Yeah. Some people love a deadline. Some people yeah. need a deadline. Some people need oh, a bit of a time pressure. It's the classic of leaving your homework to the last 100%. minute. And you know you're going to get that. You're yeah. going to get it done, but you're going to leave it till 2am. Yeah. The, the, you know, the morning it's due in. But it's that healthy dose of, oh, there's a bit of urgency now. So yeah. now I'll get my ass in gear. So if we apply that to fitness and nutrition, it's kind of leaving your diet until four weeks before mm. the holiday and that is very general and overarching but going oh shit oh I've just procrastinated or coming up with every excuse in the book so I've got no money I've got no time is a classic one yeah. no time uh, no one to go with as well if you feel like you need community or somebody around you to train um, or I can't afford uh, a PT I can't afford a coach yep yeah, that's totally fair and valid as well if that's the route you want to go down or I don't know how to cook for example mm. or um, I've got a family so I can't eat differently to them or all these different or I've got a party or I want to start dieting but I've got a holiday or I've got a wedding mm. or it's my 50th birthday like there is always going to be something yeah 
yeah there's no there's no perfect timing there's no perfect um lead up to there'll always be life events that crop in crop up and, and potentially derail um but i guess if you're if you're looking at this from a very perfectionist mindset which is another behavior that we'll come on to talk to that really overlaps with this idea of, of self-sabotage um you're putting barriers in the way already or you're setting your standards so high for everything there is just no way you're going to achieve your goal in the first place yeah and all that's going to do is then lead to that sense of failure and lead to that sense of well well i just i'm, I'm never going to do this i always screw it up at some point yeah and it's about doing the hard thing doing yeah. the hard sitting thing in, in discomfort sitting in discomfort and when I was a flight attendant, I remember I was chatting to one of the one of the guys once, and we were talking about like list making. And we, Nikki and I, just had this conversation downstairs because <laughs> I've got a list of jobs I've got to do. She's got a list of jobs to do. The difference is mine is yet to be done, and hers is all crossed <laughs> off. But she starts with things that she's already done and crosses them off. Oh, I love mine is just errands, off. like very low level stuff. Apart from my, apart from my sorting out my pension that's been on the list for like three years. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's procrastination. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, when you're starting any kind of endeavor, do the hard thing first if you've got a difficult email to send a difficult conversation to have a difficult phone call to make do it first because the longer you leave it the more it builds up in your head and the hardest thing is doing it so you know apply this to training if you can get your workout done in the in the early hours of the morning it's done you are not procrastinating anymore it's done before you even think about it or it's maybe not looking at it as the big picture. Oh, I've got to get this whole hour workout done. Just start with, okay, I'm going to get 20 minutes done. Yeah. Um, and by the time you've kind of got 15, 20 minutes in, you're probably more likely to then bash out the next 40 minutes. Yeah. Rather than always seeing it as the big picture. Oh God, this thing is so big and so insurmountable. Just smaller chunks. Just yeah. make a start. Yeah. And that can often just lead to then the action and you'll fulfill that 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 task or whatever mm. but just take it in bite-sized chunks yeah and leading into what nikki said about that perfectionism and that all or nothing mindset um i've mentioned it before on a previous podcast i we don't care whether you, where you start whether it's nutrition or training if you want to make change just start yeah and one small habit tends to lead to another habit um so just do one thing you'll be surprised at how easy you find it and the bonus thing about making positive lifestyle change with your training or your nutrition is it never makes you feel worse so you never regret that the workout that you've done what's the old what's the same you never you never Never. regret a bad workout or something something, like that yeah like Like, so it's unless you really injure yourself and break your leg that's true Um, but you're never gonna regret cooking yourself a good meal that Mm. makes you feel great or doing a workout even if it's 20 minutes Mm. Um, is there's the endorphins there's the you know lovely feeling of knowing that you've cooked yourself good and you've done something really lovely and beneficial for your body Um, it's like Nikki said taking those small steps sometimes with clients if all of a sudden something a big life event happens we literally strip it back and i said right okay so tracking isn't going to be possible for you this week mm-hmm. so rather than kicking the fuck it bucket and sabotaging your whole journey what can you commit to right now um so yeah self sabotage and fulfilling that all or nothing mindset is com- like you don't need to be that person yeah. and it's often i think people do just always think of the big goal so whether it is the i don't know a stone of of weight they want to lose Mm. they just keep thinking about that big number rather than well let's take it one pound at a time yeah two days at a time yeah try and achieve you know the the standards you've you've set for yourself on a small couple of days increment at a time to achieve the big goal stop thinking about that big end goal that seems very insurmountable and very overwhelming yeah just break it Break it down. Yeah. Smaller, manageable chunks. And another way that we can all self-sabotage is making unrealistic comparisons as well. So whether it's through social media, whether it's through our peers, whether it's through physical appearance, um, parenting, which obviously, Nikki, I'll let you talk about. But like you, it's very easy to sabotage ourselves when we're looking at other people that might be further on their own journey to us. Absolutely. Um, and nobody knows your story. Nobody knows your journey. And it's very easy to get pulled into that comparison trap, particularly on social media. But 
it's your journey it's your time frame you're it's going to take you a hell of a lot longer to get there if you compare yourself to someone and then mm-hmm. kick the bucket and have to start again yeah i think we've talked about this in a previous pod that whole comparison is the thief of joy business but i'm a classic for it i can be having you know a relatively positive body image day or you know generally feeling good about where life is going and then yeah there you go jump on social media and someone who you don't even know who doesn't live anywhere near you doesn't have the same lifestyle you do you know nothing about that person mm. but you've seen a, a photo or whatever and that has completely knocked you for six and gone oh god no my life is utter shit mm. and it's just such a shame that we keep falling for it i'm i'm an absolute classic for it um uh, yeah i mean the parenting bit how many times you jump on and there's someone who has posted their holiday pics or their you know sitting reading in bed with their kid and they do this every day and they cook with their child and blah 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 and you're suddenly left feeling again oh i'm not doing enough i'm you know i'm a crap mom i'm prioritizing things over that child and that is that again that's someone you don't even know who has just posted the best of their day or their week or their month there's just one little snippet of their life and you've taken that and let it completely knock all the positives that you've done. 100%. But we are all absolute classics for it. And I I feel it very differently. So I don't feel it now in terms of training and nutrition because I'm, you know, 12 years into my journey. I feel it as a 36-year-old single woman mm. and as a self-employed business owner. So, you know, you go on Instagram and you always think, oh, I should be doing this with my business. I need to be doing that. Yeah. Or so-and-so is doing this and they've got loads of clients and so-and-so is doing that with their nutrition um, nutrition and coaching. And, and then I reflect that back on myself and that can make me feel really bad. Mm. And then there's also the whole, oh, I've got to go to another wedding on my own and sit at the singles table because I'm not where I want to be in my life rather than going do you know what? I've just bought my own flat. So what that I'm not married and I haven't mm. got children? Like that's might not be my path. Like, and it's the whole comparison mm. thing. We always compare mm. our story to somebody else's mm. and it's... But all that results in is we just don't feel good enough. Exactly. And what a shame. Exactly. Why, why sabotage? Yeah. Why sabotage your relationship with your children because mm. you're comparing the way mm. you mother to somebody else? Yeah. Why sabotage my very successful business that I've worked really, really hard for because mm. somebody else is doing something that might not even be my strength? So why are you going to sabotage your fat loss journey because you've seen John, who you used to go down the pub with five years ago, he's lost seven stone, but what he's actually not told you, he's had a gastric band fitted and he's broken up with his wife. So, you know, whereas you're living a wonderful, healthy, healthy life, pursue, like, you know, you've got no long-term health markers and you've got a wonderful marriage and three children with a successful career... But, you know, you're you're comparing your journey to his. It's completely mm. different. Yeah, completely Com- agree. Completely well different. Said. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, but I think it's really important to say it's very easy to listen to that inner critic, isn't it? And yeah. that negative self-talk. And if you're not used to identifying that in yourself, or if that's the way you've always spoken to yourself, mm. if you've always looked in the mirror and told yourself, your belly's too big, your boobs are too small, your hips are too big, you are, you've got a big nose, it's very difficult to pull yourself out yeah, of that. Yeah, I mean, I am the, the queen of the inner critic talk yeah. um, and have over the years spoken very negatively about myself constantly. Um, and only recently, and again, that's through the work that I've done with you, Amy, that, that I've managed to get that in check. It will never leave me. Yeah. It will always be part of what I do. And it's, it is definitely my go-to is to look at the negatives first rather than thinking about, oh, what have I achieved or what, what am I proud of? It, it's my go-to is to go negative self-talk first, mm. get that in check. And then actually, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can now recognize it's an unhealthy behavior. Mm. It doesn't necessarily aid the journey. Um, it's just holding me back, mm. but it's my go-to. And it's very hard to recognize in yourself but when you recognize it in other people yeah that's quite stark oh god i mean how many times have we said like would you let your best friend talk about themselves the way you talk about you 100 percent. and i'm whenever whenever my mates are going through something and they're berating themselves about things or when clients do i'm on it and yeah. saying oh my god that's just it's not a helpful way to to speak yeah. you know what why are you why are you speaking yourself in that yeah. and i'm an absolute classic for doing it yeah. myself 
Yeah. It's like beating your ho- beating yourself overhead with a stick a yeah. thousand times. Yeah. Do you know what someone I um she's an old client of mine, do you know what she does? She's very much into like manifesting and I really love this. She's got a really big mirror in her room and she got like a um whiteboard pen or chalkboard pen mm. and she just wrote little um little sentences on it, little sayings like I am beautiful or don't forget to smile mm. or um, nice. say something nice or just little things like mm. that. So when she looks in the mirror, that's what she sees. And it's just that little positive reminder, that little drip feeding of, you know what, you have a body and it's absolutely amazing. And just don't yeah. forget to say something nice to yourself yeah. today. It's just like passing on a compliment. How nice do you feel in a shop or in when you're out and about when someone actually says to you, oh my God, you look really nice today. Yeah. And how many times do you go, oh my God, this, it's from Primark. I am a classic. <laughs> or you go, away. oh my God, I look awful. Oh, I cannot accept a compliment. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's laughable. Yeah. It takes everything in me to just say, thank you. Yeah. And not caveat it with, oh, but I've had this thing ages or yeah. oh, my hair's a mess today. Honestly, I'm an yeah. absolute shocker for it. Just try going, oh my God, thanks. I love yeah. this dress. Yeah, yeah it yeah. makes me feel I amazing. Feel yeah, yeah. Or sometimes what I've started doing and people look at you really weird is you just go, yeah, no, I look banging today, don't I? <laughs> I'm going to try that next time. <laughs> but honestly, why not? Why not? But exactly why not? Be- We're just, I'm just being British and going, oh no, I can't possibly be complimented. If you're polite enough to give the compliment, then I'm going to take it. That's you know, yeah, I walked no, down good. the street once uh, a few months ago and there was this girl walking along with her friend and she had this really lovely black dress on. And I just... Looked, I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, I really like her dress. And we were obviously walking past each other and not enough time to ask her where it's from. But I just went, oh, I really like your dress. And she looked at me like a weirdo, but then caught my eye. And I went, you look really nice. And she was like, oh, yeah. oh, like ready to punch me in the face. Yeah, I, was like, funny? I was like, I'm literally, I don't know you, but I'm just yeah. trying to give you a compliment. Yeah. Like, you look really nice. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. This is a slightly different uh, angle to this, but I was having a Sunday lunch with my family on Sunday and funnily enough on Sunday uh, <laughs> and there was a couple quite a young couple who had a tiny tiny little baby with them um, and they were both trying to get through this dinner without this little baby crying and actually the baby was being immaculately well behaved yeah. um, and I had I really wanted to go over and say I think you're doing amazingly well oh. like good effort because I know how hard it is in yeah. the early days and I did. I actually got up out of my chair and I went over to this mum who, let me bless her, she was coping with it well, but they were barely eating together because when one was sat down, yeah. the other one would be walking around with this poor little baby. Um, they, obviously, they were so desperate for this thing not to cry or disturb anyone else. But I, I felt like saying, oh, don't worry, just let it cry. Yeah. You know, it's a baby. But I went over and said, look, just hats off because I know how tough it is. It does get easier because look, look at my two teenagers sitting yeah. over there eating perfectly fine. You do get to spend time with your husband again. But it, I was very hesitant to go over yeah. and do that. Yeah. But bless her, she she responded really well to that and was like, oh, it's good to know it gets easier. You Imagine know. how much that meant to her. Yeah, well, I hope she didn't think I was a total loon, but yeah. Who cares? You're never going to see yeah, her again. See but like, for a new mum, that's yeah. huge. Anna Williamson talks about this all the time. Um, she's uh, she is one of the therapists on um, Celebs Go Dating and stuff like mm. that. She does a lot of work in E4. And she always talks about parenting and she's got two toddlers and she says the amount of times that her kids are having an absolute meltdown mm. and or she sees other parents trying to cope with kids having an absolute meltdown and just to go over to that parent and be oh like, God, you're doing yeah. a really good yeah. job means so much. Completely. So much. And when we're talking about sabotage in terms of fitness and nutrition, people don't want to see you succeed because it reflects back on their own journey. It's the whole comparison thing. So you will not hear that you're doing a good job. You'll hear, you look great. You'll hear, oh my God, you look fabulous. It's all about external appearance, Mm. but the actual resilience and determination and motivation it takes to continue on this journey with all these different speed bumps and potential sabotages, saboteurs around, Mm. you know, and it takes a while to see the visual results as well of a lifestyle and health journey. It can take time. You might not hear it as much as you want. And external validation is really important. We love to hear we're doing a good job. We love to hear that we're smashing it. We love to hear that we look great. Even if you don't believe it, it's always nice. Or do you know, I mean, and again, just reflecting on raising kids, it was the bit that I struggled with most is that 
okay, I come out of a career where I was um, used to getting regular appraisals, uh, regular feedback from my client base, being told I'd done a good job, and then going into raising kids, having young babies, no one's telling you you're doing a good job. Your kids are screaming at you all the time. Your husband's knackered anyway. You just, you don't get that feedback. You don't get told. You're doing well. I just got this image of you. I started laughing. I just got this image of you sitting down with your husband across each end of your massive dinner table going, praise me. Come and sit down, Nicola, please. (laughs) So, and then him crossing crossing his legs with a tick box and glasses and a clipboard going, development points for this week. So, so what do you think you excelled on this week? (laughs) So interesting. We digress. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, so talking about all those different like, sabotage areas so that intentional action or inaction it all comes back to that lack of self-awareness and of what your triggers are okay and there's loads of different situations and circumstances when you're going to going through a lifestyle nutrition training journey that can trigger you and we've separated them a little bit so You've got emotional triggers, you've got situational triggers, we've got some environmental triggers, and then we've also got some kind of social triggers, so whether it's a particular person or group of friends. And we'll we'll go through some certain scenarios, and you might recognise yourself as being either the victim in this, or like Nick said, like we have been as well, um, the perpetrator. And you might even be able to think about certain situations or scenarios. And if you'd feel comfortable sharing those with us, it would be awesome if you could write in and actually just tell us about some of those Mm. and how they made you feel. So the danger of these situations is basically the emotions that that they stir up in you. So if you are the victim, like picture the scene. So say it's, um, let's talk about the situation or the environmental to start with, because these are the most common ones that I think tend to sabotage anyone that's trying to make, particularly nutrition change. So it can be the party. It can be the birthday. It can be the wedding anniversary. It can be the night out with the lads. It can be the golf weekend. It can be the Hindu. Oh, bloody Hindus. Um, it can be, or it can be just a particular person or a group of friends that, um, in that situation, you don't feel confident or comfortable sticking to what you know is going to serve you and you know the emotions that you're going to feel being in that situation so if you're the one trying to make change you could feel uncomfortable you could feel like you're forced to explain yourself you like Nick said could be perfectly British and you just don't want to actually explain or draw attention Mm. to the fact that you're trying to make changes or or be judged for the choices you're making and be that oh god there she's on another bloody health kick and oh what a killjoy and it, it, I don't want to ruin other people's fun yeah I think we've all had those thought processes 100% and we prioritise that over sticking to our choices and staying on track with whatever it is we're we're, we're trying to um, work towards definitely and if you're the perpetrator either I might add knowingly or unknowingly mm-hmm. because a lot of this comes from a lack of self-awareness about being in tune with your own emotions and behaviors and how somebody else going through lifestyle change makes you feel it can throw up emotions of jealousy envy frustration it can feel like it's putting a microscope on your own bad behaviors Mm. um or it can be that we were talking downstairs before we started recording it can be that bumping into john on the street after Mm. not seeing him for five years and that jealousy you feel for how good he looks because you know he's been going on a journey and he's maybe made the best of Mm. his time to get him to where he is now Mm. and your decisions haven't done that for you yeah I mean definitely confession time here in that I know that I have gone to visit a friend who maybe I haven't seen for six months a year whatever the period might be I've turned up at their house they've opened the door looking incredible they've clearly shed some weight or they've been exercising more whatever and you look and go oh my god they look incredible now I feel like shit I should have been doing that myself I said months ago that I should have been you know, getting things in check and I've turned up and I have then spent that evening pouring more wine for them than I should have done, making sure they were topped up, getting the chocolate treats out um, and kind of doing it 
Oh, on purpose. Yeah, no, it's okay. That's Own terrible. it. No, it's not, darling. <gasps> I'm a shocking friend. No, you're not. You're. But the ho- that whole. Imperfect. It's been led by. I feel like crap about myself now. But you've gone through a journey yourself about why you felt like that, and you're self-aware now, so you know where that comes from. Whereas if you're not, if you're not on that journey, you're not prepared to sit with those uncomfortable feelings mm. and why you haven't got the results you've gotten. That would perpetuate. Mm. So on the being on the receiving end of it, um, I guess sometimes maybe there's a point where we haven't been clear with people what we've been trying to achieve or what our values are at that particular time so maybe if we've taken the time to spell out to said friend as you arrive at their house yeah. um okay well actually uh, i'm not drinking at the minute or i'm you know i'm trying to be i'm trying to make good food choices yeah. whatever whatever if we've been more honest in our dialogue in the build-up to that maybe we wouldn't have put ourselves in that situation so there's a sort of there's maybe there's a part that we can communicate better about these things get buy-in and we'll, we'll come on to talk about support but get a bit of buy-in articulate why it's important to you mm. you know what's the why behind it all um and engender the support from the beginning yeah yeah definitely i mean it's this is another point where if you are the person going through the change and you are looking to self-sabotage sometimes you look to these people to enable your behavior i know um jane shout out mother i know we're guilty of that in each other as well Mm. um and i know there are certain people like you like you love a drink i love to eat cake and sugar (laughs) there are certain people if you know you need you want a glass of wine yeah you will go and you know those people that will engage with you in that behavior 100%. same with me if i want to go and eat a massive dinner and have a whole tub of ice cream i know the people that are going to engage with me in that yeah so you you, you almost look for those opportunities yeah. in those people and it's almost like it's a way of then putting the blame elsewhere 100 percent. oh You're... it was it was uh it was john's fa- john's getting a lot of shade today who the hell uh, is john i don't know it's just generic name <laughs> um i don't even know a john do i know a john <laughs> i don't think i, don't I, think know, I know a john. a john um oh it was john's fault because i went over and he got the beers out well yeah. no you actually have choice and you yeah, could absolutely. say no you know absolutely. or um i mean there are situations where it is more difficult so say you've gone over to your nan's and she's baked a homemade cake. Like, are you going to be that arsehole that sits there and goes, no, nan, I'm really sorry. Oh, go on, I've baked it yeah. for you specially. You don't have to be that arsehole. Again, you have choice in that situation. Do you know what? That's really nice of you, nan. Would you mind if I took a piece for later and eat it tomorrow? Good. You know? Yeah, that's or, good. Or I'm just going to have half or you eat the fucking cake and then you worry about it the next day yeah. and you alter your nutrition accordingly. So, you know, there are situations where it is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Or maybe that is drawing light on the fact that you possibly are over-restricting in the first place. So if if the diet you're following or the eating pattern you're following is so restrictive that the thought of eating Nan's cake sends you into a complete tailspin. Oh my God, gives you that, anxiety. That yeah. definitely sh- should be telling you maybe my my eating practices are just too restrictive and if you're looking for those moments and those people to self-sabotage because oh my god i really need a beer or oh my god i really need an ice cream Mm. and your your diet the diet or the way of eating you're following is not allowing for those foods or drink Mm -hmm. within it then yes Mm. definitely far too restrictive far too perfectionist mindset and you're actually going to be your own undoing completely um, because that's you are a grown-ass adult and you have mm. unconditional permission to eat. You eat what you want, when you want. 100%. 100%. Um, there are other more, like, say, environmental cues um, that maybe sabotage us. So this can tend to lead to, like, the um, situations we find ourselves in. So, for example, the office is a classic one. So, Oh, man. I spent 15 years working in the city. Maybe a bit more in the end. Uh, and it there wasn't a week that went by that it wasn't someone's birthday. Someone got got engaged. Someone got promotion. Someone bought a dog. It was every opportunity yeah. of buying cakes, biscuits, and they used to sit in that office calling to me from wherever I was sat in that office. Um, and I used to think I wish this practice was banned because mm. I can't control myself. Yeah. But then 
you know, the classic of, well, I'll, I'll eat the treats because they're there, but then I won't go to lunch or maybe I won't have dinner when I get home. Again, over restriction. Yeah. Anyway, it's a whole other topic. Well, but it was that um, I, 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 I wish it just wasn't a thing yeah. because it, it kept screwing up my progress. Weird. Did it though? Well, the mm. actual fact of eating didn't. Your mindset it's did. It's just so regular though. All the time. Yeah, but your mindset around it aren't like, you know, like the fact that you would then... Get the, come on a couple of chocolates yeah, here and true. there no, you know no, it's true it's the over restriction and the mindset yeah. and then the punishing and the over exercising yeah, yeah, yeah. then the inconsistency like we're heading into the time of the celebrations quality street oh, roses yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. oh your face just lit up oh, then Christmas. yeah <laughs> so we're heading into like the big chocolate box time so you won't be able to go anywhere without having a big box of chocolates on on the um and like can you have one or two celebrations a day and still lose body fat? Yeah. Oh, can I? Yeah. You know, oh my God, Nikki, don't. <laughs> don't trigger me here. Like, you know, absolutely you can. Yeah. Absolutely you can. But, and if you, in fact, coming back to what Nikki said earlier, if you're not, it's that perfectionist mindset that's yeah. going to undo you because you're sabotaging yourself with your mindset. You are not sabotaging your progress with yeah. the two chocolates. Yeah. So the office is a classic one. The commute is another another one that I see, whether you drive to work or whether you get the train. So maybe you pass your favourite bakery every day and you your habit is to get a toffee nut latte and you while you're there, you always get a pan of chocolat. Um, and that's a behaviour and that's something you love doing. Again, if you're in the right mindset, you can absolutely do that and lean into that as something you want to maintain if it's a non-negotiable for you. Or you're going to allow that to eke in and undermine your progress because that is a situation that will sabotage you. I know for me, driving home, when I used to drive to Heathrow four times a week, driving home, I would have protein bars in the um, in the glove compartment. Mm. And when I was hungry, especially driving home after a trip when I'd been awake for 24 hours and I'd landed at six in the morning, I think I ate three in one go. Because, But like... Uh, mate I was you're like the bin like there's honestly nothing fills you up I, I probably had a very dodgy tummy but like I was looking the commute is just quite a common one where yeah. you know people have car snacks all the time yeah. or you know you go on a big road trip with the family and there's sweets everywhere if you've got kids yeah oh that's the classic passing the, the treats back to the kids and then yeah. one for the child one for me one yeah. for the child one for me boredom as well the classic boredom. of I'm just so bored out of my brain on this car journey I know I'll just eat a ba- bag yeah. of Percy Pigs well, just in terms myself. of... <laughs> Not that me. I've done that before. <laughs> oh, of course she has. This is about imperfections. But classic environment is your home as well. Mm. You know, if... And this will link into when we talk about support... If your home environment is not setting you up for success... I will never advocate to anybody that they can't have foods they love in the house long term... Because you should be able to give yourself, like Nikki said, unconditional permission to eat, to have anything you want whenever you want it. And knowing that it's there will cause you not to overeat. Mm. But that takes practice. In the short term, if you know that having a pack of bourbon biscuits in the cupboard triggers you, and at four o'clock when the kids come home, you always usually have three... Or whether you know having the alcohol in the house means that after dinner you go and have two beers... Don't have it in the house. Yeah. Don't buy it. Yeah. And again, when we come on to talk about support, get that buy-in from your family yeah. to you know encourage and support you on that journey. When I think back to um, when my boys were younger, and I would I would stock the little treat cupboard up with little packs of oh the classic like um, what was it Lip, jelly not tots what are they called ice gems jelly oh packs of ones, ice gems uh, jelly tots as well though I like jelly tots jelly tots are nice. Uh, uh, mini cookies that sort of yeah. thing little uh, treat sized packets of things yeah. and I would put them in the cupboard and I'd be oh they're just for the children I wasn't buying them for the kids <laughs> I was giving myself an excuse <laughs> I can fully see that now my kids didn't need it they were, yeah. they didn't have much of a sweet tooth whatever but I I convinced myself like, yeah. it's for the kids it was totally for me yeah. Um. but that yeah maybe there's the thing of like if it's not in the cupboard and you've got to make uh, a journey to the local shop to go and get this stuff that's enough of a barrier to stop you yeah falling down that little rabbit yeah. hole and then the hardest trigger really in terms of sabotaging and again this probably comes down to self-sabotaging more than being sabotaged but it is those emotional triggers so nick already identified one with just being bored um so it's 
the the acronym I use and is used quite commonly is BLAST. So if you are bored, lonely, angry, stressed or tired, they are the key emotions um, or sad. You know, you could say stressed or sad or tired. Um, they are your key emotions that usually will drive some kind of overeating or compulsive behaviour. It doesn't even need to be overeating. It can be compulsive because... They are very uncomfortable emotions to sit with and they are tough and they involve being uncomfortable and sitting with things that we don't like to recognise and usually involves us being sad and being on our own and it is very easy just to go and numb that emotion or just shut it down and avoid it completely by consuming food, over-exercising, drinking, taking drugs, like, you know, these are are tough emotions to deal with and unless you know how to identify them, know how to sit with them and work through them and have coping mechanisms, Mm. it's very, very easy to do and that's really, really, really hard, really hard. Um, I mean, Nikki and I aren't qualified therapists but we do coach our clients with behaviour change and... It might be something as simple as every Saturday night when you know your friends go out or they're out and you're not, for example, you sit on the sofa and you watch a rom-com and you eat a whole bag of um, whole bag of Maltese share packet and you have a whole tub of ice cream and a bottle of wine and then you feel like crap and you don't know why you do it. You probably do it because you're lonely, maybe you're sad, maybe you feel um, abandoned and it's easier to feel sick and eat to numb the pain than it is to actually just sit with that sadness. So um, some tools that I would recommend is maybe journaling. Um, So actually write down your emotions, really, really try and like pinpoint the exact emotion. So bored is not really an emotion, it's just a state. So what is it you're feeling? Is it intense sadness? Is it grief is it despair is it frustration is it um anxiety is it loneliness is it neglect like you know really think of all these adjectives to try and describe your emotion there's something called the feelings wheel um which i would suggest you go on google and just google it and it'll come up and it comes up with a different loads and loads and loads of different feelings and emotions and you can use that as a little bit of a pie chart to identify um another technique is if you don't like the idea of journaling and writing things down going for a walk just literally changing your environment doing something you know that makes you feel good so whether it is listening to a podcast whether it is running a bath whether it is phoning somebody, phoning a friend, again, super hard to be vulnerable in that moment, but honestly, one of the most rewarding things that you can do for your mental and physical health. Completely agree with all of that. It's recognising what what was the trigger and then perhaps building in some sort of pause, some sort of gap, even if it's, right, set yourself a 15-minute timer. Uh, Don't indulge at that particular point, whether it is, oh, I was just about to go and do another session in the gym or I was about to nosedive into the Ben and Jerry's. Set yourself a 15 minute timer, sit with those emotions. Then after 15 minutes, if you still want to nosedive into the Ben and Jerry's, go for it. Mm. But just give yourself that time to sit and think, right, what is it I'm actually, what emotion am I actually experiencing here? What's driving this? Um, Yeah, just build in a bit of a pause before you actually indulge. And it sounds like, to some people, that sounds like absolute crap. They're like, journaling, Mm. what do I need that for? Why do I need to identify the emotion? Well, I tell you what, why don't you just carry on the way you have been Mm. doing? Because what have you got to lose? Honestly, what have you got to lose by just trying something different and writing it down? Because if you're feeling like shit already, it's probably not going to make you feel worse. Okay, it might do in the short term if you identify an emotion that you feel really uncomfortable Mm. with. But in the long term, you'll understand yourself a little bit better and you'll stop this repeated cycle. So again, we are not mental health professionals, but um, 
that's something I talk about with my clients. Um, and lastly, if you do find that you are really struggling with any of this kind of self-sabotaging behavior to the fact that it's really impacting your life, then um, I'm sure I can speak for Nikki and say that we would both recommend seeking out some kind of professional help or professional therapy. So, um, yeah, um, I think... I think let's just leave that one yeah that one no there. well said i completely yeah. agree um so on a superficial level not really superficial level but on like a base level how do you minimize the impact then of either conscious or unconscious sabotage well any of those situations aside from the emotional ones like zoom out take a bird's eye view of your habits your behaviors pay attention to how you feel when you're asked to enter into any kind of situations or around certain groups of people. Mm. Pay attention to the comments that certain people make maybe around you. Um, also just stand up for yourself as well. I was well. gonna say, it can be, can be quite an uncomfortable prospect, yeah. but you might just have to challenge it. Yeah. And if someone is repeatedly doing something or putting you in a position, a position you're not comfortable with, you might just have to say something. Yeah. Explain why it is that it is impacting. Explain how it is making you feel, how it's potentially derailing something that's really important to you. Um, and yeah, just be honest. Be open dialogue about this stuff. Yeah. If they're a true friend, hopefully they will recognise that what they're doing isn't helpful. Yeah. We're not in a point of saying oh well you know any toxic relationships you've got out there you should just obviously just you know bin that person or remove them from your life not that easy that person might be completely blissfully unaware that what they're doing is just a bit unhelpful yeah um but yeah just be willing to talk about it be open anybody that genuinely loves and wants to see you succeed because they really care about you will completely appreciate that you you know that you're trying to do something positive for yourself so that's why having the right support around you seamlessly done oh thank you i thank you thank you thank you it's so important okay um we often think we can do all this on our own yeah and i don't know whether that comes from a place of right well if i don't articulate the fact that i'm actually changing some behaviors or i'm i'm but i'm embarking on some sort of journey if i if i if i don't tell anyone then actually I don't have to stick to it. If I do screw up, no one's going to judge me. So I don't know whether it comes from that or just that sheer stubbornness of, well, I can do this by myself. I don't need everyone getting involved. And and maybe the fear that people will put their two penneth in and mm. confuse the issue or give you their advice. And sometimes that advice isn't always the most helpful. Yeah. So I can understand where it comes from, but actually the value of having a support network um, is the accountability, the encouragement, the understanding. If you're in a bit of an arsy mood, you know, there's a bit more tolerance perhaps extended to you because some of this stuff is hard. And when you have been maybe on a diet for quite a while and you feel like you're missing out on stuff and, you know, you're getting yourself into this place where you feel a bit resentful about it, that might affect the way you're interacting with individuals, certainly people who are close to you. Um, I know my hubby has been on the receiving end of, you know, a little bit of short shrift sometimes when I have been feeling a little bit resentful about stuff that, God, I'm restricting myself again. And look, there's everybody else having a lovely old time. So it can impact on relationships. And so therefore, if you're just, again, open and honest about these things, there might be just that bit more tolerance behind what you're doing. Yeah. And motivation doesn't last that long um and you're gonna feel great and motivated for the first two three four weeks and then it's going to start to trough when things get really tough so having the right support around you is really really important you know people that are around you want you to succeed if they really care about you and we all like to think that we can do this on our own and it is very very hard to reach out for help but the more people you ask for help, the, the you'll be surprised to who will actually is prepared and what they can do as well, even if it's just something little, like not offering you a drink when you go out. 100%. I said this story to you the other day. Like I went up to Manchester to see my oldest friend a few weeks ago and I'd messaged her like a few days before and I was like, oh, I'm not really drinking at the moment. And she was like, that's fine. Like they've got a two-year-old and stuff, but we were going out for a silent disco um and as we were going to the venue I was just thinking oh do you know what it'd be quite nice to have a beer like I'll have a beer and then as we got to the bar she just turned around to me and went oh you're not drinking are you aim and I just went 
no, I'm not actually. And it was that split second of her just reaffirming what I'd already told myself that made me go, no, I'm not drinking. And I didn't drink. I had Diet Coke all night. We had a great time, danced the night away, was brilliant. And would that beer have made any difference to me? No. Would it have led to me maybe possibly having two, three, four, if I was that way inclined? Mm. Yes. So, you know, it's important to get that buy-in from other people because of that reason. And just sometimes so you don't get asked questions as well. So you know that there's somebody else there that's got your back. Um, And that's really nice to have. It's important as well that those people can remind you of your why and help just make the journey a little bit easier for you. So some thoughts on how they can do that. Meal planning. Um, if you're the main meal planner in the in the household, it can be that it helps to get a little bit of buy-in for them or even just say, look, I'm going to be eating this way for mm. a, a while. Are you okay with eating these things with me or do you want something else? In which case, can you help me out a little bit with that? Because um, that is difficult, but certainly when you've got a family of yeah. know, four or five, there's there's kids eating. Cooking three or four different meals is, one, a logistical nightmare, two, very costly, and just doesn't help when you're then have, you're the one preparing those foods, yeah. looking at the stuff that perhaps you would be edging towards if you weren't following the pattern that you were following. It's so much more difficult when it's staring at you at the face. Mm. So, no, okay, maybe where the kids involved, they're not going to eat in exactly the same way, but just not having to prepare the sort of meals that will derail you, just not the most, yeah, yeah, not the most. Massive. Um, Not having snacks or trigger foods in the house, like I mentioned Mm. earlier, not offering you a drink, taking that choice away from you. Um, that can be really helpful setting out your intentions and just being quite clear with people as well um so then if they make it a problem for you then it's them overstepping a boundary and also a lot of people think especially the saboteurs out there they think that you not engaging in these behaviors means that you're not having a good time Mm. when actually it just puts a magnifying glass on their behaviors and what they probably need to have a good time so you know, reiterating the fact that, oh, just because I'm not having a drink doesn't mean I'm not having a nice time. Absolutely. Or I'm not present in this moment or I'm not contributing to this 100%. evening. 100%. My best friend was 30 this year and the week before my half... So I didn't drink the whole time from January the 1st until my half marathon on March the 5th. I actually went longer than that because I was enjoying not drinking. But it was her 30th birthday the week before the half marathon and we went away for the whole weekend and I didn't drink. And honestly, I can remember laughing at one point so hard that I nearly threw up Mm. and that was just a moment that was absolutely nothing to do with how much alcohol I'd Mm. drunk nothing to do with how much food I'd eaten just the sheer joy of being with your friends joy and no one noticed Mm. that I wasn't drinking Mm. no one said oh Amy's over there in the corner being boring Mm. like because I was still engaged I was present I remembered it all it was lovely and I was able to walk up the next day and do a hour and a half walk Mm. along the beachfront like Mm. it was delightful no one genuinely cares after the initial conversation so i've tried this a couple of times of actually fake drinking yeah way through an evening of switching to well just a slimline tonic and no one's gonna know that there's no gin in that yeah and just seeing if there's any different reaction from your friends and of course there's not you're you're part of that evening yeah they're probably forgetting the conversations and repeating themselves and whatever yeah. you're not you're not but th- but there's no recognition that oh you've you must you must have switched to slimline tonic yeah it just you can you can do these things you can you can kind of fake your way through some of these evenings if you're feeling that social pressure to keep up the drinking and i always say as well in my coaching what is so important is it the food that's in front of you or is it the moment moment, that you're having like is it a list is it something you want to be present in and enjoy everything that it has to offer including the food and drink if it is go for it and enjoy it If it is just you're out for a dinner with a mate, you know, it's the second time you've been out for dinner that week because you've already had a client dinner and you know you've got a Sunday lunch with your mum and dad on the Sunday. Can you just go and have a salad? Mm. And like, does your mate care? No, you're just catching up. Like, it really doesn't matter. So it's not everything has to be something that you can see an opportunity for sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, What else? Last point. Um... So we obviously, in our nature of uh, nature of what we do, we would always advocate using a coach. 
Um, so if you are really struggling with some of these issues that we've talked about, having a coach or PT um, that's got your back, that you can talk to the talk through these issues with, always really important. One big caveat to that, and I speak from personal experience, <laughs> you have to be honest with that coach. So if you do engage with someone, um, one, I think it's important to find the right someone. So someone you feel you can be completely honest and they understand you, they understand your drivers, they understand some of the stresses that you, you know your, your life entails. That The connection's really important, but the level of honesty that's required is really important. So... Yeah, it goes back a few years. Um, I worked with a coach who I would regularly turn up, have sort of debriefs with and lie through my teeth week after week after week saying, yes, of, of course I'm eating more protein. Of, of course I'm not exercising as much. I wasn't doing any of the above and funnily enough, wasn't making any progress. And there's that, ah, OK, well, if she is following everything I'm saying, why are we not seeing any steps mm. forward? It's because lying through my teeth so it's just no point if you're invest if you're making that investment um there has to be a level of honesty it's because first, otherwise what's the point yeah excuse me sorry love it's the first thing you learn in your nutrition course as well when you co- you learn to coach people mm. is people lie mm. so you know you can look at the most perfect food diary and yet this person hasn't lost any weight for four yeah. weeks it's like well you're not telling me the yeah. truth so yeah please be honest any co- any coach worth their salt will want to do the best by you. And if you are going three, four, five, six weeks and not making any progress, believe me, they are going to worry what the hell they're doing wrong. Because we want our clients to succeed, but we are only as good as you are honest with us. I think when I think back, it it definitely stemmed from a fear of judgment. So you're in the company of someone who you hold in very high regard. You you think that they've got their shit completely together they never they they never eat poorly they always exercise regularly you know that you're holding them up as someone really important and like a god in you know in your eyes um one nobody is perfect and i'm sure they will fully admit to mistakes that they've made along the way as we do it's a whole premise of this this podcast um they are not sitting in judgment they are trying to help yeah um and so yeah from for me it came from this whole well um, I can't possibly admit that I am screwing this up week after week after week because I'm finding the change process really difficult. I am so embedded in some of the behaviours that have served me for years and years and years and I am finding it really hard to break free from that. It is fine to admit that mm. because change is difficult. And if any coach turns around to somebody that comes with that open and honest line of communication and says oh well you just need to get your steps in or you just need to stick to your macros or oh you just need to not eat any processed foods or not drink when you go out sack them yeah immediately because there needs to be a level of empathy there needs to be a level of understanding you know the best question I ask a lot of my clients is where do you think you're going wrong Mm. you know what do you think you could do differently where do you think you're falling down Mm. Um, and if you say to me, oh, it's probably the three share bags of crisps that I had after a really shit day at work, mm. I'd be like, great, awesome. Well, how can we actually mitigate that situation happening yeah. in the future? So a good coach is worth their weight in gold. Yeah. Um, but it is all this mindset, behavior change stuff that will underpin your success mm not the technical okay not the technical so yeah please be honest with them um and yeah look out for those secret or you know very obvious saboteurs i think when when they come around um anything else to add on that nick i think we've covered it i I think think that's everything on the list um just again juicy subject talk endlessly about this sort of thing yeah from both being on the receiving end and dishing it out as well um it's made me sit and really evaluate what are my behaviors towards others am Mm. i am i am i you know am i displaying some of these behaviors knowingly or unknowingly am i being unhelpful towards friends just because it's making me feel better about myself just makes you check yourself and go right if i'm a true friend then i'm going to put their best interests at you know at the forefront and and take myself out of this it's not about me yeah definitely Um, definitely i've definitely done both and probably still do um Mm consciously or unconsciously Mm. um a new one for me is sitting with um the loneliness of actually Mm. living on my own and actually having those moments where 
I absolutely love being alone, mm. love being alone, love living on my own, love my flat. Like every time I walk home and walk into my front door, I'm like, oh my God, I love living here. Mm. But being alone and being lonely are two different things. Mm. So sitting with loneliness, particularly at a weekend, even if it's your choice, even if you've chosen to sit and do nothing, like that's quite hard sometimes mm. and that's new. And it's very easy to do all these negative behaviours when you know no one's looking. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and mine is that self self inner critic of just turning that voice off every so often mm. you are enough <laughs> you are enough you're more than enough <laughs> you is the whole package sister <laughs> <laughs> um right okay oh god sorry i just knocked Steady. the table i got so excited <laughs> um i'm a pt but this week i have been doom scrolling oh so bad like (laughs) not even just for five minutes for like 20 25 minutes when I know I should be getting into bed or I know I should be having a shower uh, I know I should be falling asleep or I know I should be doing work but I cannot get enough of people eating food in their car (laughs) everything I ate today at Texas Roadhouse or what I eat in a day and I hate what I eat in a days like it doesn't help anybody but like Americans it's just Americans going to these amazing food places and I think first of all I'm overawed by how much they are eating because obviously portion sizes are amazing and they do do food next level in the States. And I'm just watching all these amazing food videos. But then it's also spiralling into like old Graham Norton interviews with like Ryan Reynolds and stuff like that. And then what else am I watching at the moment? And these are all like short little reels. And then manifestation practices that are like, you are the best version of yourself, sister. And like, your high functioning anxiety doesn't mean shit. And I'm like, oh my God. And 25 minutes later... I'm knee deep, mate. I'm knee deep. Whereas I just keep getting dogs behaving badly. <laughs> dogs do the stupidest things. Your oh, dog does the stupidest things. My dog thing. is the stupidest. Uh, but yeah, so that's my um, that's my confession. So uh, particularly around bedtime, when I'm really making a conscious effort mm-hmm. to put my phone down and have mm-hmm. some phone free time before bed, I easily have an hour to watch telly if I wanted to. But I am spending 25 minutes of that scrolling, watching these videos and then thinking, oh shit, I haven't had time to relax and then having to have a shower and then having to brush my teeth and then getting into bed and going, oh, it's half nine. I'm still not got the light off. Yes, I go to bed that early. But like, it's, 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 yeah, it's frustrating. So I'm, that is my best practice this week, which is after dinner, put the phone in the lounge, not in my bedroom have a shower, get ready for bed, get into bed, read my book, do my puzzles and sleep. And that is what I'm really going to try to do. Not even seven days this week. Mm. That's unrealistic. But at least for four out of the three. And that is how you set yourself a more tangible, realistic goal. Not a perfectionist mindset there. I like 100% that. 100% not. We are definitely going to need to do a sleep pod. Oh, sleep. Yes, definitely. The whole sleep hygiene and what you've described there is that typical set yourself up to go to bed really annoyed at yourself to lie there and go why did I just do that when I yeah. should be sleeping and as soon as you get into that yeah. thought process there's no way you're sleeping yeah. so that's one for the future definitely Miss um, Lever? oh well I'm a PT but I went on Saturday morning I took my youngest up to rugby training beautiful morning sun was beaming it was kind of an unusually warm mid-September day uh got back he was understandably knackered left him at home I thought I'm going out for a run beautiful day haven't run by myself for quite a long time now it's quite a privilege uh got halfway through that run everything was hurting from my toes which was that post that long walk I did the other day toes cramping um nothing felt good so i sacked off my run and i walked <gasps> home <gasps> shocking does that make that run any less important or relevant oh it, oh it just i think it was the run that shouldn't have happened in the first place but actually what i take from it uh back in the day um i would have i would have ignored all those feelings of pain and and hardship and i would have run it anyway and I'd have got home in pain, <laughs> in discomfort, sweating as usual. Um, 
again for fear of what people say if they see me walking I can't possibly um so I actually take it as a bit of a win that instead of pushing through anyway I sacked it off yeah and you know yes I got home and thought well that was a little bit of a waste of time I should have just gone and done my resistance training in the normal way um but you live and learn but did you have half an hour for yourself I had half an hour in the beautiful sunshine walk run slash walking you know around Stortford and you know having time to myself that, exactly. was, that was actually quite nice and that's still exercise it doesn't it was make still exercise. any it was less still valid steps. exactly um, but yes I sacked off my run how dare disgusting you disgusting behaviour oh mate but I bet you're in a better place for it you obviously didn't want to finish it so no I really didn't. (laughs) I walked home via Audi instead. Stocked up on protein yoghurt. I was going to say, did you get your protein yoghurt? Oh, yeah. I was in Lidl at the weekend. So protein puddings with like the double layers. And Muller have done a protein rice pudding. Oh. Yeah, I've got two in my fridge, so I will update. I will yeah, update. let me know how that goes. I will do. Well, Aldi, I have to buy the ones... Oh, sorry. I'm off again. Uh, Muesli topped ones. Because I've told you before, I can't control myself. I'm pouring my own muesli in. Cannot control that portion. So it has to be controlled for me. That's my go-to from Aldi. Yeah, I like those. I like the salted caramel yoghurts and the chocolate mousse. Oh, so oh, good. all day. Yeah. So good. So good. Oh, I'm God, we're talking now. about food again. I know, Stop I've got to go back it. to work. I've got to go back to work. Um, thank you very much, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it gave you a little bit of food for thought. Nice. Um, uh, just some nuggets of information there. Uh, maybe you can recognise your own saboteur or sabotaging behaviours. Um, if you have got any stories that you'd like to write in and tell us, we would love to have them. And once again, stay proudly imperfect. God, yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Imperfect PT Podcast. We hope you take away something positive from listening to our experiences. If you did and know of others who would benefit from hearing our message, please share and help us grow our listening community. Remember, whatever seemingly imperfect actions you might take this week, it doesn't need to derail your progress. Celebrate the wins and embrace the imperfections.